And we are back for our final segment of our Eastern European trip. Yes. Get back to Bulgaria. So um, we left off talking about our our first day in Bulgaria, which was a Sunday. And um, on Monday, we were able to get up early and go to work. So the two the two guides or the two contacts, government officials contacts that we had, their names were Nina and Lucy. And they came and picked us up on a little bus early in the morning. And we... 7.30. We first thing... In Armenia, we were starting at like 10 and 11 because they are, they are night owls. They have like... We didn't... Did we talk about our four hour and 15 minute dinner there? I think we did. With over 25 toasts, 20 toasts. <laughs> I think we did. So we were used to that. And in Bulgaria, whole different, all business, 7.30 pickup time. Yes. So we got on, on this bus and just drove for like two hours first thing out to Roma. Roman. 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 Yes. Um, to see an institute out there. And an orphanage. Yep. This was one that um, Nina, Nina explained that they were choosing to take us to this one because in Bulgaria, they are doing a deinstitutionalization, I think is what they're calling it, where they're trying to eliminate um, large orphanages and institutes because they you know, recognized that that was not the best way to care for the children. And so they were trying to break them up and to put them in homes and places where there was a smaller number to care for. 15 is what they, their max that they were hoping for in these places. So the one that we went to had at least 15. I'm not sure. It seemed like more, but it had quite a few more. Yeah. But we went to, to this Institute and Brady, what were your impressions as we arrived there? It was a small community in kind of in the middle of nowhere out in the forest. And it was a very uh, repressive, like kind of a rundown, building big building like very big building very run down but not run down as in like ghetto run down it was just an old building like this was probably in fact this was guaranteed built in the communist time that was there and so my initial feeling was like they're doing the best that they can with what they've got here but it's definitely not not the hilton yeah, I um, felt like that was kind of a hard one to go into for some reason. And I, and honestly, like I feel like a large part of it was the smell for me because um, the the workers and, you know, a lot of people smoke. And so just like there's that very strong smell inside. of cigarettes inside, which, Every room. you know, everywhere you went, it, you couldn't escape it. It was just everywhere. So I think I kind of started off with a, a little bit of a headache and like wishing that it smelled better. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that, it didn't, that didn't impact me quite as much. But when um, all of the the tenants they call they call them beneficiaries come in, they just the room lights up, and they were so happy to see us. And these are all kids. I think the youngest kid there was maybe what three or four. Yeah. And the oldest was twenties, I would say, mm-hmm. um, and everywhere in between, all ages, boys and girls, all different types of disabilities. There was one individual that had down syndrome he was 16 we Mm. later found out the nicest which we were sad about because that means he's aged out yep like just the cutest boy that i know we could have got a family for if we had a couple you know if he was 14 but yeah awesome awesome family or awesome kids in there yeah they were they were cute and they were excited we had taken them some treats and so they started passing the treats out and they were 
pretty excited about that. And then they were excited as well just to see the team and to be able to have some attention and just get to play with us a little bit. The ride out gave us a chance to be able to talk with Nina, uh, who is the in-country attorney that works with Carolina Adoption Services. We found out that Nina is an adoptive mom. She's, in fact, I think the only person I've ever met in on these international trips that had adopted. Actually, Soraya has adopted Julie, Yuli. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Nina was awesome, like super you know, professional gal, different than I'd say what we experienced in Armenia, where they're just so like hugs and presents and just, you know, very, you know, like grandma's, (laughs) grandma's pantry. And uh, there in, uh, in Bulgaria, definitely more professional, but really like Nina, um, she was very willing to help, like Mm -hmm. very willing to do whatever she needed to, to get things done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's a, you can tell she's definitely an advocate for the children. Mm-hmm. But in learning about this, you know, Bulgaria is actually a country that is very progressive by way of adoptions. There's, I think they're ranked third in the world right now for most international adoptions. I believe it was around 81, if I'm not mistaken, that they did this last year. The only two that are ahead of that are India and Colombia, believe it or not. But they have a great program, and so we're learning a lot about their program. And interestingly enough, as we were visiting, um, we learned that there's not a lot of children that have Down syndrome in Bulgaria that are eligible for adoption. That in particular, children that come into the system that are younger, they don't even make it like onto the onto the list because there's actually families that are on a wait list to adopt children with Down syndrome in Bulgaria, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. So yeah, they have a pretty good, a pretty good program set up for that. So that was exciting to see the way that they are, are handling, handling that need there. So the Institute director, she was really excited and proud about the progress that they're making there at the Institute. And she took us on a tour and they are updating a lot of the, well, they're updating the entire thing. Actually, they're updating the bedrooms and they're putting in a kitchen where the children can learn to cook. And so they're doing as much as they can. Like Brady said, um, they're really, you know, like making the best of just a hard, a hard situation. So that's always inspiring to see on these trips and thankful, you know, that we were able to see that. I I was going to ask you, (laughs) what was your favorite part about Bulgaria? My favorite part about Bulgaria? I think that it was that in these, in these visits, it was meeting the women that take care of the children because you could just tell that they have like a heart for it and that they want the best for the children. And I just admire their, their fortitude to be able to, you know, take, take these kids who are in tough situations and just try and help them and just try and like make the best of tough situations. Awesome. What was your favorite part? Um, I would say the the work that we did with the ministry and the individuals that were there uh, that were the government officials. And so we had a chance to meet with them. And the director, the the I don't recall what her title is, director for the ministry, uh, for the government, she's awesome. She's been in that role for over 20 years. She helps a ton of kids. She gets it. She understands it. Very proactive in making sure these kids are getting adopted to the best extent that they can. Operating within the rules that they have. That's, you know, there's always rules that are in the countries that are there. But um, she was super, super proactive. And I get why Bulgaria does so well with international adoptions right now. So that was 
that was awesome. A huge win that we had from all of these meetings is we shared with them that we are, we do specialize in children that have Down syndrome and placing children that have Down syndrome. And they, that's when they explained to us that, you know, these kids that are younger, let's call it under the age of six, they just, they immediately get picked up, but they said that they do have a, a fair amount of older children that are out there that still are eligible for adoption. And it looks like we are going to be able to get that entire list for all of those children that have Down syndrome that are, let's say, older than age six. Yeah, that will be, that will be a positive thing. And that was one thing that was like the best, the best thing about this trip in both countries is just being able to identify children that need to find families. And so hopefully we can be able to help push that along and find those families. I will say I loved the food in Bulgaria. I was having a lot of fun you with that. You did like the food. Why don't you tell us about your best meal there? Well, I had a lot of best meals. <laughs> and what I did was you go to these restaurants. So every night we had dinner and you'd go to a, you know, an a awesome Bulgarian style restaurant and you cannot tell what is on the menu. So you have the, it's written in Bulgarian, which you can, you know, in French or Spanish, like you can kind of like guess the word cause it kind of looks like a, an English word. But here, this is a completely different alphabet. So you have no idea, literally no idea. And then on another menu, they'll have the translation, which does not translate well. I remember one <laughs> thing made sense. that was on there was like pork knuckle. <laughs> I thought, what is pork knuckle? <laughs> but, and so what I would do is I would go to Nina and Lucy, and they did not like this at first, but eventually they, they <laughs> warmed up to it. But I would just say, you pick. Like you pick something that is a traditional Bulgarian dish and they did not like that pressure, but they came, they came to the table good with some pretty out there stuff. They got you some good dishes. <laughs> I would not like have, them. I would not have normally ordered, but I enjoyed that aspect of it. I think you're, it seemed like your the meal we had on your birthday was your favorite because they got you some ribs and you like ribs and you said they were really good. They were great. I ate, I ate those all the way through. Good yeah. barbecue ribs, Bulgarian style. Yeah, they they did have some really good food. That was awesome. So what else would you like to talk about from the trip? We kind of skipped over us visiting a bunch of institutes. Every day we went and visited some um, institutes, foster homes. We learned about their foster care system, learned a lot about the kids that come into care, um, many of which are actually not orphans that do have families that are hopefully reunited with their families. So it was it was eye-opening to be able to just see the similarities and as well as the differences between our country and their country. Well, the similarities that they have is that most of the children in the in the system almost all of the children in the system are there because of uh, neglect because of think of children in the foster care system they're there because they came from a really tough situation and so Bulgaria does not have a lot of families that are just abandoning children just because they have a disability or that they you know aren't going to care for that particular child um, that most of the children in the system come from a neglect or abuse type situation which is exactly like the United States. And so that was a big eye opener for me. Yeah, that was, that was eye opening. So anything else? Oh, we did have an appointment with the, with the embassy as well. That was awesome. And so do you want to talk about that at all? Fire away. So we, we were able to go into the embassy, which was kind of cool. That was the first meeting I went to. Brady went to several other ones 
at, at different places, but it was, it was, um, cool to go in and be able to see the work that they're doing in the embassies just to make sure that adoptions are successful, that they're legal, that they're following the Hague convention. Um, and the reason why I liked going to that meeting was because they shared success stories of children that have been adopted. And so it's always awesome to just like hear those success stories and to see, pictures of children who come home to loving families and then just thrive and do really well. So I liked that too. They grilled us with questions. Like they had really good questions. You can tell that they have been doing this for a long time and they knew their stuff. Yeah. 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 So it was just neat to be able to see like that, that from that angle, from that piece of the puzzle, how all of this comes together with international adoptions. And so that was eye opening for me. I liked that part. So we spent 12 days on these trips and we traveled to two different countries. We spent a lot of time in a lot of meetings and visited a lot of orphanages and saw a lot of children. Now that we're on the other side of it, looking back, not knowing exactly how it would go prior to going into it, how would you say overall it went and what are some of your takeaways? I think um, overall it went pretty well. In the beginning, it was actually really discouraging because we got over there and like things were not going like we had hoped or like we had planned. And so that was elaborate more. What didn't go. So we had, we had gone over. So like the reason why I went on this trip with Brady and the team was because we were hoping to see lots of children and to be able to capture footage that we could use to advocate for, for the children. So we got over there and found out in Armenia that they were not going to let us do that. And so they weren't going to let us, they weren't going to let us go to any of the institutes. They weren't going to let us meet with any of the children. So that was really disheartening because we had this 12 day trip ahead of us and I was like, well, why am I here? Because, you know, I would rather be back home with my children than just sitting here doing nothing. But it wasn't nothing like we still were able to meet with meet with the people that we needed to meet with. And it's just slowly but surely progress was made. But for me, the hardest part was just like being patient and allowing it to unfold. Yeah, I would say that's a real thing for me as well when we got there. And the very first day I had that meeting with the ministry in Armenia, and it was very clear, like, no children. We weren't going to see any children. We weren't really going to have any information about children. They had done four adoptions in the country for the entire prior year. And like, it just, it's not that they were not friendly. They were very friendly. It was just extremely, extremely regulated. And that was really discouraging because I felt similar to you where I'm like, oh my goodness, I've got our entire team over here and, and we're out of the office. Um, making this trip happen. There's cost that's associated with this. I just like, it was a pretty significant stress those first couple days for me as we were just not seeing a lot there. And I would say that, uh, I want to give a huge shout out to Bonnie because Bonnie gave great perspective around this. In fact, Bonnie had shared with me in a, in a text message, just a, a experience from a leader within our, our faith um, President Nelson, um, who's a, a longtime leader, he turned 99 yesterday, which is awesome. But uh, an experience about the responsibility that he had to open up Eastern Europe for the church, for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and how year after year after year it was just discouraging. And and in this in this text that she'd sent over, that was an account of this. It talked about all the meetings that transpired and just the roadblocks and all of the things that they hit on and yet he stayed the course and in the end it worked out and you know we were only two days into this not nine years into this but I felt that discouragement and 
I remember thinking like, you know what? I know we're supposed to be here. We felt strongly like we were supposed to be here. Let's stay the course. Let's change our mindset and let's try and just make the most out of what we can, we can do here. And so fast forward now that we're back and just updates, even from our prior podcast, where we talked about Armenia, I had shared that we had 67 children ages six and under that they shared with us a list and 23 of those that have down syndrome and an update that we have, we just found out yesterday is that Armenia is going to not only have shared that list, I've seen that list, but they are going to share pictures of the children that have Down syndrome so that we can begin to advocate for them through pictures as well as um, of their information, ages, etc. So that's a huge win. We've already had tons and tons of families, dozens of families inquire, fill out uh, an information form that we can get them information, and uh, we are going to work 100% full speed ahead with Armenia. Yeah, we're excited for all the opportunities that exist there. And we hope that families will be able to come forward and like see these children and be able to be united with them. The other thing that I would say that was just, I just loved it. Um, and so we had shared, we got to have dinner with the, the mission president and, and his wife with the mission leaders in Bulgaria. And then we had that meeting with President Sterling in Armenia and uh, these are both, you know, families that are from Utah that are living in Eastern Europe. Uh, it's a three-year service mission. And um, just seeing the consecration that exists within them. And, you know, the president and sister Nelson have their 14-year-old daughter that is there with them. And I just, I can't even, like, get my arms around. When I'm 14, my family moves to Bulgaria I'm the youngest child, and I now am going to live the rest of my childhood in a foreign country in a language that I don't speak. Like, that is a sacrifice. That is consecration. And I just thought that was really cool to see their example. Yeah, for sure. They um, they are awesome examples. And like Brady said, like that is no easy thing to just take your family and move over there and learn a new language and a new culture. And it's really impressive to see to see the humble work that they're doing there and just their their determination and their their willingness to serve the people there. Yep. And I would say it was it was really fascinating to go to church and just have interaction with the members of the church that are over there because these I mean these are faith these are faithful individuals. You know, the, some of the it's very very small congregations. It's just very very small and uh, President Nelson was sharing that you know, they have branch presidents that are on like their third tour of duty. They have one that it's his third tour of duty and he's 10 years into it now with this third tour. And it's just simply because they don't have the leadership. They don't have others that they could potentially call. And so just my heart goes out to just those faithful, faithful members of the church that have a strong faith and want to do what's right, but there's not a lot of support that's there. Yeah, it's it's impressive to see their their determination and their their faith to carry through with the responsibilities that they have there and it's pretty pretty awesome and admirable. Yeah, and I I would say it was a big eye opener for me to see the impact that those senior couples were having. The- yes, they need senior couples so badly in those missions and it was amazing to see like the just the knowledge and the wisdom and the light that those senior couples can bring into those tiny little branches. They yeah. really need them. Well, we had talked about the Hardings and the great work that they're doing. There's another couple that was in Bulgaria, the Baileys, that um, 
I think she was Bulgarian and he was from Australian, was it? Or New, New, Zealand? New Zealand. New Zealand. Yep. Right. And uh, they lived in New Zealand, but decided to serve a mission and got called to Bulgaria. But just the impact that that couple is having and the leadership and just the wisdom and the support that they bring to that branch and the surrounding branches is so needed. And senior couples, like if there's anybody considering going, that's a senior couple, like they need you and you would make, you would make a lot more impact and make a bigger impact for others out there than you would at at home. I I know that a hundred percent. Yeah, it was, it was, um, a real thing to see that. Yeah, it was awesome. Well, we are back. We, it's been a little bit rough <laughs> for me. The transition going over there was a lot easier than the transition <laughs> coming back. But I think that I think I'm back. We uh, Friday was my first day back in the office. It was a full day, and we have some exciting updates on things that have transpired just on that day that we'll share in a future episode. But we're excited, like it's good. And one thing that maybe we can touch on that happened over there, just around our own adoption. You want to share about that? Yes. So we were able to get our travel date, which is super exciting when we were in Bulgaria. And um, so we are going to be traveling to Colombia on October 2nd. Um, we have to be in, in Pasto on the 3rd, and then we'll be able to meet with our children on the 5th. So we're really looking forward to yeah, that. Yeah, they said, so we'll fly to Bogota on the 2nd. We'll fly to Pasto on the 3rd. And then we have our, they call it a pre-encuentro mm-hmm. uh, on the 4th, which... I'm really interested to see what that's all about. Like, what do you think that'll be about? I think that is when they will like just talk to us, question our motives, like that type of thing, right? You think? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I would see it more as I think we would meet with their foster mom. And I think that we would meet like with their caseworker and no, that they would will. share like just more update of like a stuff. debrief update. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, I'm sure that will be part of it as well. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe it is like, oh, okay. what's your motives? Well, maybe, maybe we not a, that, but we I have think, a big yard. We I think it's workers. just an opportunity <laughs> for, um, yeah, for just like questions that we have about the children, questions yeah. they have about us, like just a time where we're able to talk with those who have been caring for them. Yeah. And then on the fifth, we will be with them. And from that point on, they will be with us. It's not like they go back at night and then come back in the morning. Now they'll be with us. And we got a, I got a great surprise on my birthday. I celebrated my 45th birthday in Bulgaria. And, uh, there's a group text through WhatsApp for our adoption with, uh, Madison, with our adoption agency. And the caseworker down there actually um, got a video of the kids all wishing me a happy birthday on my birthday. And yeah, it was, that was super sweet. the cutest thing ever. They called me Papito. I <laughs> yeah. said on this huge, very special day, Papito, we just wanted to tell you, we love you. It was and really cute. It was super cute. Just yeah, it made us warmed, excited. Warmed my heart. <laughs> yes. So we're looking forward to just, it's not that long, not that far away. So just in no. several weeks, we'll no, head it's, that way. It's, uh, it's a little, um, like I feel like we got a lot to do before we get out there. Yeah. Got to get busy these next two weeks. We do. We do. Yep. It's going to be fun. So. Okay. Right. Until next time. See you later. Mm-hmm.